Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? March 16th edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro here, your host. Follow me online at Showdown Joe, social media-wise. And, of course, uh, FightfulMMA.com for all your mixed martial arts news. Uh, we are waiting. Frank Trigg. Frank Trigg right now is 50-50 uh, on being able to show up because I believe he is traveling and there may have been a, a delay. But I decided to say, you know what, let's do this. Let's just do this uh, by myself if I have to. Uh, lots to discuss in the world of mixed martial arts. Lots of headlines, obviously, uh, over the past uh, couple of days since I've been back from vacation. We have discussed uh, the UFC Brazil event, uh, obviously with the main event with Vitor Belfort and Kelvin Gasolum, uh, how all that went down. Uh, lots of stuff said by Vitor Belfort beforehand uh, regarding a Legends League. Uh, I got some opinion from Elias Theodoro, obviously, on Tuesday's podcast and, and last night uh, with Sean Pearson, who basically called it Bellator. Uh, we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, a, a pretty significant update uh, regarding Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. People are starting to get tired of it, but I think it's beginning to sway because people are now understanding, hey, you know what? This is going to be a reality. And it started, uh, obviously, if you follow the timeline as to what went down with Conor McGregor and how it started and stuff like that, this is becoming more and more of a real thing because Floyd Mayweather uh, recently came out. And I think he came out, uh, you know, during my, my vacation last week where he said he's coming out of retirement. Uh, he wants his, only for Conor McGregor. And then he started talking. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's negotiation through the media. It happens all the time with big fights. And he basically said, Conor, sign the deal. Sign the paperwork. Sign what's been offered. I'm the A guy. Connor, you're the B guy. And then he referred to himself basically saying when, when, when he fought Oscar De La Hoya, he was the B guy. I think when he fought, I think he mentioned Arturo Gotti, if I'm not mistaken. But when he fought, um, I think it was Arturo, he said, I did it on his turf. And I was the B guy. I fought both those guys and I won becoming the A guy. You're the B guy. Come and become the A guy. Come take out the A guy. Now, if you listen to Elias Theodoro, he believes that Conor McGregor is actually the A guy and Floyd is not because Floyd is obviously a smaller fighter. He's been around. He's older. Uh, he's a pay-per-view king. But when it comes to pay-per-view kings right now, Conor McGregor is the pay-per-view king. He's drawing more than Floyd Mayweather. If you look at Floyd's last few fights uh, versus Conor's fights, obviously Conor McGregor is the one that's drawing more. So, there are some intricacies here, um, and obviously, when you take a look at two alpha males uh, that are posturing the way they are, 
you're going to get some some back and forth banter. But what I found pretty intriguing over the past few weeks, maybe a month or so, maybe more, there was a time when Dana White, when he originally came out and said, we offered both of these guys X amount of money. I think it was $25 million to both guys, if not uh, just to Floyd Mayweather. That was a sign to me that he publicly has come out and said he's not posturing. The UFC, uh, the current ownership of the UFC, they see money. This is a huge, massive money fight. Now, Conor McGregor tried to, I guess you can say, backdoor this by getting his boxing license at the California State Athletic Commission, which puts him under the Muhammad Ali Act. Uh, The UFC would probably do whatever they could to try and fight this in court. But it appears he's not, they're not going to fight this in court. they're looking at trying to get this deal done, in my opinion, because Dana White was on Conan last night, or the night before, I think it was, or, or recently he was on Conan. And he was asked by Conan, look, this fight is something that, that people want to see. Do you think it's actually going to happen? And Dana White said yes. Now, when Dana White says yes to something like that, there's a lot that you can read into this situation. You can definitely go into this situation and say, there's some posturing going on, yeah, but guess what? They are behind the scenes negotiating. Dana went on to explain that there's two big eagles involved, obviously with Connor and Floyd, and who wants to make the most money, who deserves what from the pay-per-view, who deserves what from the guaranteed purse. Cool. No problem. That makes total sense. But Dana also mentioned there's a lot of people involved. And that's what sucks about negotiations when you get these big-time fights. Obviously, there's the UFC involved. There's Connor and his people. There's Floyd and his people. Uh, there's obviously going to be the broadcaster. Who is it going to be? Will it be, uh, I don't, uh, excuse my boxing ignorance, ladies and gentlemen, I should know this ahead of time, but I don't know if Floyd is with Showtime or with these, with HBO or, or whomever. That's something that has to be dealt with because that's where Floyd would potentially be contracted. So there's lots of finagling and lots of navigation, lots of hurdles to cross and stuff like that. So there, there's stuff that needs to get done. It can be done. And I said this before. If the UFC wants this to happen, there's a very good chance it's going to happen. The only problem with something like this is the UFC refuses to co-promote, or they, since you know the, the Zufa era, have refused to co-promote. Well, they're going to co-promote if they're going to do this fight. You know, Floyd Mayweather said he wants to get this done in June. Uh, that is in, and I said it before. I said it yesterday with Sean Pearson. This is the time frame where Conor McGregor wants to return. We all, with, with his, the, the upcoming birth of his first child, he doesn't want to stress out his girl. Uh, they want this everything to be smooth, baby to, to, to arrive and, and, you know, as tranquil as possible. Then he's going to fight. Then he's going to make big money. Uh, whether that's in MMA, uh, that's fine. But in boxing versus Mayweather, that is absolutely huge. That's where the big money is. Conor right now isn't about defending UFC titles, in my opinion, and defending belts and stuff like that. Connor's at a stage in his career uh, where he is going to maximize the revenue from his brand, and it's big fights after big fights. And this is the era that we're in right now in terms of mixed martial arts. It's all about the big fights. Uh, you've heard many other people, analysts, uh, hosts, say, you know, what's the point of having UFC belts? Yesterday, Sean Pearson and I discussed pretty much at length regarding rankings. I mean, why, why do we even have rankings anymore? Because the ranked fighters aren't really fighting ranked fighters. It's the big fights and the best fights that are going to take place. I'd be okay if the UFC removed the rankings. I like them because, you know, you, you can sort of get a semblance of where, quote-unquote, the media and the people that vote on it see the fighters, uh, and you get to see them on the broadcast. I think rankings technically are important, especially from a television perspective, because you get to see who's number three and who's number seven. Not that you may agree to it uh, as to who's ranked where, but an overall semblance of the people that vote 
kind of put it all together, you, you kind of think it gets evened out. Uh, although it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, the right people slotted at the right rankings. I understand that. But Connor could care less who's number one, who's number two. Uh, unfortunately, his division with, with Habib Nurmagomedov at number one, Tony Ferguson at number two, if I'm not mistaken, that's the fight that people want to see with the winner taking on Connor McGregor. That's a money fight. But it's not a money fight when you compare Conor McGregor to Floyd Mayweather. Now, as, as an athlete, and I've said this before a thousand times, uh, and I've had this conversation at length with the likes of George St. Pierre, Rory McDonald, Faraz Zahabi, people at, at Jackson, Winklejohn, uh, people at AKA, it, it's all about maximizing the revenue of your brand. Now, if you're listening to the audio of this, you can't see my hands, I'll try and describe it. What I usually do is, is when, when I have these conversations, uh, and it's the same with yours truly, it's the same with you, whatever you do, uh, in your career, especially if it's an athletic endeavor uh, or something where you sign contracts. Now, um, I'll, I'll put my hand out, picture a meter stick. You know, you're born here, here technically. Okay, let's say you're at the begin, beginning of the meter stick uh, or the yardstick if you're in the U.S. or wherever you are and the end of the yardstick. Somewhere in the middle, okay, is where you your professional career is going to be, especially if you're a mixed martial arts athlete. Somewhere in the middle okay, is a small window in comparison to your whole life if you live to be 80 or 90 or 100, okay? There's a small window from your early 20s to perhaps your late 30s and 40s. That's a small window in comparison to your whole life. In that window is where you need to maximize the revenue from your brand. And if you do it correctly, you can live for the rest of your life without ever having to work again. Now, you've got to be smart about it. And, and, and people know I do have a financial background. Uh, and you can start as, as young as when you're a teenager to save up money uh, and invest it accordingly. So when you get to you know guys like my age in my early 40s, you may never have to work again. If I'd have known this information in my teens, I would never, be, I would, I would never have to work again. I, I could do things wherever I want, in the world, however I want, when you invest your money correctly and your money works for you as opposed to you working for your money, um, good things can happen. And when you're, when you're an athlete, when you're a professional athlete, especially the likes of Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, and, and just anyone in the upper echelon of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, if you put your money away properly and you don't buy these expensive cars and, and these houses and all these different spots and, and these expensive watches and suits and blah, 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 blah and live correctly – you can live for the rest of your life. Your kids and their kids can live off of what you did. But first things first, you need to maximize that revenue. Why? I said that I, I told this to, to Rory McDonald a long time ago uh, when we had this conversation on the mats over at, um, at TriStar. And I said specifically, I said, dude, you got to maximize the revenue of your brand because you are always one head kick away, one ACL injury away, you're one wrong move away from it all ending, from the career coming to an end. So you need to do as much as you can, as much as possible to make that money, to make that bread. And he joked around with me. He's like, you know what? I wish I wish I had suits like you. Well, and I explained to him, I said, look, I, I, I get these suits at the time because, you know, I host a television show and I don't have to pay for these suits. It's part of the television's budget, the show's budget. Uh, do I love these suits? Absolutely. The custom made. I'm not complaining. I love it. But I also looked at that brand, uh, the, the quote-unquote Showdown Joe brand. I did whatever I could to maximize the revenue because I knew at one day, at some point in time, it potentially could come to an end. And we all saw it come to an end when the deal moved over to another network. Hopefully, it does go back to Sportsnet uh, and I can sort of reinvigorate uh, the Showdown Joe brand. But I did what I could uh, to do it. What I didn't know at the time was what to really do with all that money that I was making at the time. I know now. 
And I can guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and if you ever want to know more, just hit me up on social media, at Showdown Joe. I can give you some very basic and quick advice, uh, and it's not rocket science. There's a thing called Google. Google it. But it's the same thing I tell fighters. Uh, I tell professional athletes, especially young ones, um, you know, what to do with their money. Be very careful about the tax man. You have to allocate money to your taxes. When you look at Conor McGregor, okay, and, and the amount of money he's making, just the millions and millions that he's making, which is fantastic. Like, I mean, let's be honest. This guy's making crazy-ass coin. Good for him. Well-deserved. Uh, Chael Sonnen did it. Uh, and part of it is, is talking. You know, talk your way into these big fights. And there's nothing wrong with that. People hate it. People love it. You know, uh, people ask me all the time, do you like this Conor McGregor guy? Do you like him? He's not George St. Pierre. He's not classy like George St. Pierre. Does, you don't have to be classy to make money. You can talk your way into making money. Frank Trigg did it early on in his career. Uh, and Conor McGregor and Chael Sonnen did it uh, throughout their careers. You're there to make money, okay? Every day that passes is a day getting closer to retirement. So you got to make that bread. Kimbo Slice, you know, rest in peace. He always said you got to make that bread as much as you can. When you make that money, you got to make sure you're smart with it. But you also want to make – you don't want to make 10000 a show, 10000 a win. You're talking millions. You want to make millions if you're a mixed martial arts because the rigors of training, the absolute abuse they put their bodies through, uh, and, of course, there's the concussion thing. Uh, you, know, you, you get them in their fight. Sean Pearson mentioned it last night, how much we all love the Shogun versus Dan Henderson fight uh, in the UFC, the first time they competed in the UFC. Greatest fight of all time. You can make that argument. Um, the, the same thing with Duho Choi and Cub Swanson in Toronto recently. You love those fights. They're they're just a sight to behold. It's a testament and, and, and a true showing of the human character and the will to win and the resolve. But these guys are taking punishment, and they deserve to be financially compensated because there's going to come a time, knock on wood, hopefully not, but in their lives when they're 60 years old, 50 years old, where hopefully they're actually um, you know, cognitively okay. But you need to make that money, as much money as you can, and then do the right thing with that money. So Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, sorry for the tra- for the rant there, but these two guys, uh, and Floyd's made a lot of money. <sighs> He's made a lot of money in his career, as did Tyson. Tyson didn't have the right advice. Mike Tyson would make $90 million one night, blow it within three days, and be looking for the next fight to make his next $90 million. Now, if this guy would have put his money away properly, oh, my God, he'd have been, he'd have been too, doing really good right now. Um, with Conor McGregor, and the UFC. The UFC sees dollar signs with this fight here. It wasn't like, you know, people were saying, or Connor was saying, I want to do boxing, like the Diaz brothers, like Nick Diaz wants to do boxing or whatever, or this guy wants to do boxing. I can get better payday in boxing. UFC's not going to bother doing that. But when you're talking about this big mega fight, guess what? This fight can happen. And the UFC sees it now, especially Dana White, especially the new ownership of the UFC. They see dollar signs here. So if they can capitalize on those dollar signs, they're going to jump in. They want a piece of that pie, and I don't blame them. It's a business. People always say, oh, the UFC this and the UFC that. Man, I've been saying it for years, guys and girls. The UFC is not MMA. It's not the sport. It's not mixed martial arts, okay? It's a business, and when you run a business, and I own three businesses. uh, Yeah, I own three. I was going to say technically two, but I own three businesses. The point is to make as much money as possible. Now, I run different businesses. I'm, I'm, I'm not as as people don't consider me ruthless. If that's the word you want to use, I try and make and try and I try and provide services to people uh, to put a smile on their face, that which will eventually come back to me tenfold. Um, But the bottom line is, is you got to make money. You know, I got a mortgage to pay. I don't think Dana White and the UFC brass have mortgages to pay, but they're there to make money, and that's what the UFC is. Now, with this big mega fight with Mayweather and McGregor, they're there to make money. It's going to be money. It's going to be something that's going to happen, and it's going to be something that they want a piece of. So let's say this this, this fight, hypothetically, 
whatever amount of money it's going to make. Let's say it's going to break pay-per-view records. Uh, Let's say it's going to be, you know, it's going to generate $400 million in after expenses. Let's say $300 million, whatever it is. Well, the UFC wants a piece of that pie, whether it's 25%, whether it's 50%, whether it's 49%, whatever it's going to be. They are going to make crazy money off of this, and it's going to go into their vault of massive cash. Okay, if it wasn't a fight that was going to make massive money, they wouldn't do it. Okay, they wouldn't do it at all. But now they see it, so I think it's going to happen. I think it's something uh, unless negotiate, and it's possible, but unless negotiate negotiations are absolutely stupid, they don't take place, then it's not going to happen. That's a reality that can actually happen. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. But uh, it is what it is right now. We'll see if it's going to take place. I'm going to be obviously paying very close attention to this uh, because, like I said, I think it's going to be a reality or fight Conor McGregor in court to prevent this only because uh, they want full control of Conor McGregor uh, and everything he does, his likeness and all that stuff there because he signed a contract with the UFC, but he also went to the California State Athletic Commission and got his boxing license. Uh, in doing so, hypothetically, and perhaps it's a reality, he falls under the Muhammad Ali Act. And part of the Muhammad Ali Act is there to, pr- to protect boxers from onerous promoters. And if, if Conor McGregor can prove that the promoter he's with right now, whether it's bought, whether it's the UFC or not, is onerous, he deserves to be protected. Uh, in essence, I think that, that there, there's a lot of arguments Conor and his people will be prepared to make, in essence saying, you know, the UFC can't prevent me from making money outside of the UFC, despite me signing that contract, and they've got to promote boxing. And I think that's what the UFC is trying to do, because I don't know the verbiage um, in the contract um, for the UFC, but... I think combat sports and boxing is part of the, the, the term or the, or the verbiage there. Don't, I mean, I'll have to double-check that. But if that's the case, it allows the UFC to be the sole promoter for Conor McGregor or some way, somehow, promote in conjunction with Conor McGregor in a boxing bout. And obviously, a boxing bout with McGregor is something the UFC will, will, will be the co-promoter on or, or the exclusive promoter on with Conor McGregor. Uh, it remains to be seen if it's going to happen. I think it's, it's, it's getting closer and closer to a reality, provided a couple of snags if they may take place. Um, you know, uh, who knows if it's going to happen. But um, it, it's tough to say. Sorry, I'm just messaging Frank Trigg. Right now, I think he's uh, he may be off a plane or something like that, but uh, he wants to know what the latest is. I just asked him to, to see if he can log on somewhere with Wi-Fi uh, and join me. Um, I want to get Frank Trigg's thoughts on this, obviously, with the latest coming from Dana White uh, and what he stated on Conan that he thinks it's going to happen and lots of money needs to be made. So we'll see what happens there. Um, if you watch the UFC event in Brazil this past weekend, lots of stuff to determine or lots of stuff to dissect. Uh, a lot of it has been dissected already. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking more here regarding Kelvin Gaslam and Vitor Belfort. Belfort, obviously, before the event, coming out and saying he'd like to see a Legends League. You know, bigger gloves for, for older fighters, uh, shorter rounds, maybe some more time in between rounds, no elbows, no knees. And it's been getting mixed reaction from a lot of people. Pearson isn't a fan. He called the Bellator. Uh, I think um, Elias Theodore said he was a fan. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really have issues with this because I go back to when BJ Penn and Yaya Rodriguez fought and how disappointed I was that that fight actually took place because all I want for BJ Penn and these older fighters is a fair shot in terms of match them up with someone 
that is more akin to their caliber, more akin to, the, to where their career is right now. We all know BJ Penn, a former champion, uh, two, two, two division champion, but he's not at that elite level anymore. And to pit him against a young lion, a murderer right now, um, proverbial murderer, figuratively speaking, uh, like Yara Rodriguez was a bad move in my opinion. It just taints, uh, taints BJ Penn. Now you, you give me Dennis Seaver versus BJ Penn, I'm in. At the time, Cole Miller, I'm in. Um, you know, I, I don't know about any other guys, uh, but it'd been nice to see if that belt could have taken place. But with this Legends League, you could put the older fighters in there. Uh, people are like, listen, if you're an old, like Pearson was all about, if you're an older fighter, that's it, you're done. It's a dangerous sport as is. You've taken in, uh, uh, enough abuse. Get out. Go away. Uh, not go away, but Leave with your head up. Stop taking as much damage. He doesn't want to see Vitor Belfort compete anymore. Vitor Belfort said he does want to fight one more time. Uh, and Elias Teodoro put his hand up and said, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Be more than happy to fight Vitor Belfort. We'll see if that fight takes place. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, think, I, think, I don't think I have a problem with this Legends League only because – or League of Legends because sometimes these older fighters, you know, they, 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 they still have some fight left in them. And if you want to make it a fair fight, why not? Why not make it a fair fight? Um, you know, we, we, we thought Shogun Hua, I, I was one of the guys that said Shogun Hua was pretty much done. Uh, obviously, he proved he's not because that co-main event fight with John Vellante was fantastic. Very. Uh, and, and, and Elias Theodore called it a very Shogun-esque performance because Elias or, or Shogun was very, very methodical in this fight here. It took him to the third round. It took him to get to the third round. I mean, he got rocked early in the first round, but he took to the third round and basically eventually TKO'd John Vellante, who, you know, I guess his corner was saying, dude, you're not, you're not fighting the game plan. You should be fighting against a guy like Shogun. But, you know, Shogun, who approved that, you know what, maybe he could still bang with these guys. You know, and I, I don't know. I mean, the amount of abuse this poor guy's taking over his career uh, is, is, is I, I guess you could say sad. It sucks, but, you know, he could still fight. He still got it in him. And I'd love to see Shogun Hua uh, one day compete uh, in this quote-unquote League of Legends or Legend League, whatever you want to call it. But in my opinion, just match him up in a fair in a fair fight. This, this matchup here against John Vellante was a fair fight. You know, it was absolutely fair. He did what he had to do uh, to emerge victorious. He did land that TKO. And again, Shogun, he's got one of those styles which has always been one of my favorite styles. I've always said how I liked Tiago Alves in his prime. When Tiago Alves used to fight, he used to hide his head. He used to completely hide his head uh, whenever he would strike. He'd, he'd kind of kind of bury his neck in his shoulders, and he would punch upwards, right? So I used to like that style. But then you got a guy like Shogun Hua, uh, you know, he did great. If you take a look at Shogun Hua, whenever you actually try and strike with Shogun Hua, he still got his hands up. He still got his hands up and he's protecting his face, which is, you know, what fighters should be doing later on in their career. So kudos to Shogun Hua, who's now on a three-fight win streak. He's taken out Lil Nog, Corey Anderson, and now John Volante. So maybe he doesn't belong in that League of Legends just yet. He still can compete um, with the echelon in this division. Uh, Frank Trigg now joins us from... Who knows where? Frank, where are you at now? Are you in Hawaii right now? I'm in Hawaii, right. Uh, my bad. I forgot that uh, we, don't, we don't do daylight savings time here. So instead of being 7.30 now, it's 6.30 in the morning for me. My sincere apologies, so on, my friend. So I put my alarm on to get up my normal, you know, 6.45, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll just get up and Joe be ready to rock. And then I look, look down and I was like, oh, crap, I'm an hour late. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. We still got about 23 minutes to go here. Yeah. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on a few different things. First things, have you had a coffee, though? No, I'll get there in a minute. Joe's going to get up in a second and make my coffee. 
That's amazing. That's perfect. I'm thinking about having a wife that's at home when I do these things, so it kind of helps out. <laughs> perfect. All right, good stuff. I, I do want to get your thoughts because uh, Dana White was on Conan yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you see or hear what he had to say? I didn't. Conan flat out asked him, Mayweather, McGregor, do you think it's going to happen? I mean, Dana said yes. Yeah, of course. But it's the, but now now boxing's like boxing's upper echelon are saying this is the worst thing for our sport ever. This makes no sense. You know, you got you got uh, Juan uh, Juan Marquez Jr. coming out. You've got uh, Julio Chavez Jr. and the son are coming out. They're like, this is just like dumbest thing in boxing forever, and it makes no. It really makes no sense to, for for this fight to happen, other than um, it gives it gives Conor McGregor more leverage for what he wants. You know, he wants the UFC to give him money and give him, give him, you know, a part of everything that whenever he fights, which is kind of what happens in boxing, but it won't, it, you know, it's just more of a leverage, a leverage peel. If the fight happens, it's up to, it's up to Mayweather. You know, does he want to, does he want to make a short night and get rid of him by the third round? Or does he want to carry him all the way into the 12th? And Joe Rogan came out with this big long thing of how Conor could kind of beat Mayweather. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> okay. That's like saying, hey, hey, I'm, I'm a really, 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 really good tennis player. Now I'm going to go play hockey. And I kind of know how to play hockey a little bit because I swing a racket and I'm going to be in the NHL really quickly and I'll be able to win a shootout. Like, stop it. You're not. Like, it's just not going to happen. There's no way to make the transfer. Michael Jordan, the best, one of the best athletes of all time, tried to make the transfer from basketball to baseball and couldn't do it, right? He completely failed at baseball and had to go back to basketball. Boxing is one aspect of MMA. It's not, it's not all the aspects. McGregor's okay at it for MMA, you get in the middle of a real boxing fight with a guy that knows how not to get hit, he's going to get – I mean, look what happened with with, uh, with uh, Diaz. He hit Diaz as much as he wanted to in the, fir- the first fight. He comes back and beats him, right, and ends up grenade and choking him. Maybe they're not going to be able to hit. The speed, the timing, the power is completely different. There's, there's no way. And I don't care what Freddie Roach says and, uh, you know, all these other guys are trying to weigh in because all, all the guys in boxing hate Mayweather. You know, that's part of the problem too. So, like, the guys in boxing that are for this fight kind of, like, don't like Mayweather to begin with. So it becomes that whole – that whole process, but yeah, it's just, just, this is kind of a, it's kind of a silly, a silly, it's like we're going back to the days of pride, you know, what's going to be, it's going to be Bob Sapp versus Nogueira again, you know, Nogueira's going to take a beating for, for, you know, 20 minutes before he finally taps out Bob. Like this is one of those sensational fights. What's it really mean for the sport though, Joe? What's, what's this actually mean for MMA? If Connor goes in and gets starched by, by Mayweather or if he wins, what's it mean? If it, if he wins, it's obviously fantastic for MMA. If he loses, realistically speaking, it's just like, well, yeah, you should lose, but you should lose. You should you should have never taken the fight or blah blah blah. He's taking the fight because of the money. The money's absolutely massive. It's absolutely huge for him. But for him, for him yeah, but yeah, not for, for MMA. Pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> for Mayweather, you think it's going to be a pay cut? Well, the numbers that they were dumping around that that uh, that Dana White wanted to have happen that is 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 uh, twenty five million each. Well, that was the, yeah, that was the first kind of lowball offer. But I think what's happening right now, based on what Dana told Conan in his, in his response, is there's a lot of egos involved, obviously with obviously with McGregor and Mayweather. A lot of people are involved, obviously with Mayweather's people and McGregor's people. Now with the UFC, quote unquote, getting involved with this as well. Uh, and uh, oh, sorry, do you know who Mayweather's with Showtime HBO, or is he on his own? He was with Showtime, and he had to deal with the MGM Grand. Um, but he's fulfilled both those contracts. So he doesn't have to be with either one. But if he wants to get distribution, uh, which is what the big thing is, you have to have distribution for this type of fight. Otherwise, the fight just doesn't happen. <clears throat> and Mayweather would rather use his distribution than use UFC's distribution 
because he obviously gets paid more if it's on his side. So he just goes to Showtime or he goes to HBO and says, look, I'm doing this fight. I'm coming back for one time. What do you guys want to do? So so when when Mayweather came out earlier, it was like, sign the paper, kind of sign the paper, right? When he comes out, he's like, get out yourself. You see that piece? He's like, get out your cell phone. Put this on, on the internet as fast as you can. McGregor, get out your, you know, sign the paper, sign the paper. Let's make this thing happen. It's because Mayweather has already gotten his other deal done with whatever distribution right he wants to go with and whatever hotel he has to have the fight, he wants to have the fight at. Because that's the other the other way that he gets paid more money is his distribution deal for television and the hotel. So it was always at MGM Grand. Now it could be it could be anywhere. It could be T one uh, T Mobile Center in, in Las Vegas. Who knows? You know, or it could be in California. Who knows where this thing is going? We won't get all the pieces until um, uh, uh, the commissioners start talking in the in the relative states. But Mayweather can go whatever he wants, and he can kind of dictate now. And that's how he can make his extra money back. So he might make, you know, say he makes the uh, twenty five million. On the on the that's what they make is at twenty five million whatever then he gets most of the back end because he's got control of it, but that's if the UFC gives up control. So now how's that going to work out? You know, talking about egos, you got to remember the UFC's an ego in the middle of this too. Yeah, and then that and that's you know that's my point that I made off the top of the show here. I'm like there, there's the fight can't happen, but it's the negotiations that are going to stop it and stall. It's, it's no different than anything in life. Uh, but if you want to make this money, you're going to have to bend. There's going to be have some bending from a lot of the different sides, and it's it's it, when you come when it comes to negotiations, as as you know, Frank, I know, and many other people that have been in in in, in negotiations, you're eventually going to have to bend, or you could keep you can draw the line in the sand, and the deal doesn't get done. Right. Yeah. Right? And so, that, so that's and that's if the other side doesn't bend. Somebody's got to bend. Now. You know, for the first deal to happen, somebody's got to somebody's got to give in on something that they really, really don't want to give in on. That's how these big multi-million dollar deals get done. Um, and the guy with the most power in the room, everyone wants to say they have the most power. I'm the only reason why I'm making this happen. Blah blah. This fight does not happen without Mayweather. It doesn't happen. You know, it just it just doesn't happen. If Mayweather pulls out, the whole thing is a bust. Kyle can go fight somebody else, and it's still and still be if that's what he wants to do. If he really wants to be a boxer, he can go fight some other champion. That's not, he can go fight you know Triple G. Well, let me change. He can fight whoever the hell he wants. Like if, if that's what he really wants to do, then he can go out and fight these guys. Uh, but if Mayweather doesn't want to fight, this thing's this whole the whole hoopla of this whole deal is apart. It's falling apart. No one's going to care about kind of fighting somebody else other than Mayweather in, in boxing. I, I would think. Like I don't personally. I, I I'm going to watch no matter what he does, just because it's, it's Conor McGregor and, and the sensationalism around it. So it doesn't make a difference. I'm always going to watch, but. I'm always in disbelief when this crap is going on. I'm like, this is really what's happening now. This is really what's going on. Like, this is this is what our next step is is now. And of course, uh, uh, I feel like it's even Nate or Nick Diaz are are said they came out and said that they're getting offers to box too, and people want to come in and buy their contracts out so they can go box. I'm like, why is all of a sudden boxing the new end game for MMA guys? I mean, it makes to me this is like kind of a weird. It's a weird situation with an MMA because why why is everybody jumping over to boxing? What's what's the real result of jumping over to boxing? Well, for for McGregor. He goes from making whatever two and a half million, three million dollars with everything in the back to all of a sudden making twenty five million. That's a lot. That's a big jump. You need to go take that money. I don't think the Diaz brothers can get that kind of money. They're not going to get you know they're not going to get three million or four million fighting uh, uh, another named guy you know around their weight. It's just not going to happen. You know Mayweather's the the deciding factor. Mayweather's the guy that's making all this work. And without Mayweather, so Mayweather's the one that can draw a line in the sand a lot earlier. You go, nope, I'm not bending. This is, you know, hey, look, guys, I'm retired. <laughs> I'm worth $500 million. I don't care. Like, I don't need the money. I can go ahead and sit on my ass. So either you do it like the way I want to do it on my line of the sand or we're just not going to do it. 
And so that, there's going to be a lot of that going on. And we all know how Dana is. He's definitely going to be in negotiations that he's very, very, you know, he has his own line in the sand. So it's going to be very interesting. I wish I could just be there for the negotiations. because I think where the, that's where the rough fight comes out. You know, how many rounds is it going to be? You know, uh, uh, who's the, who's the referee going to be? You know, all this stuff has to get decided before the deal is done, you know, all, cause it's the main event, you know, and then is, is, Anderson Silva and and uh, um, Roy Jones Jr. going to be the co-main event? You know, because Roy went to the UFC offices to try to make that deal happen. You know, to be the co-main on this thing. Roy Jones Jr., he's begging for a co-main slot. He's begging for a co-main slot. You know, that's that's astronomical. Like, he's the boxer of the 90s. He was the guy that everybody was trying to pay attention to. You know, his head oh, yeah. and yep. foot motion and the way he talked and the way he, you know, and how pretty he looked before the fights, how good he looked after the fights. You know, he barely had to wear sunglasses. You know, most of the time boxers have to come in and wear because her eyes are swollen shut. He didn't have to wear sunglasses. He barely got touched. He, it was amazing to watch this guy. Now he's begging for a co-main spot. And Anderson's fighting Gaslam. So that now has been put. So, like, how does this whole thing work out? When's this fight going to happen? So let's make it essential. Let, let's, play, let's play devil for a second, Joe. The co-main event is Anderson Silva and, and Roy Jones Jr. But Anderson's got to fight Gaslam first. So how much time after Gaslam fight does that happen? Well, they're right. projecting this Connor Mayweather thing in June. Uh, the fight with Kelvin Gaslam, I think, is in June. <laughs> yeah. Let me double check this. So now who do you have on the card? What fights do you have on the card? Is it a mixed card? Is it an MMA card and a boxing card? Is it a mixed card? Or is it all boxing? I think it's going to be all boxing. All boxing. So now who's on the card? And everyone gets on a Mayweather card, everyone gets paid. So that's part of the deal of being on the card with Mayweather is that even the undercard guys make three, four, five times the amount of money. Like, you want to see a real red panty night guy? A guy that really, really makes changes your life? Okay? It's Mayweather. McGregor only changes his opponent's life. Mayweather changes everybody on the card's life. Completely different. When he's on a card for boxing, when he boxed, he was on a card for boxing, the first guy of the night, the first guy of the night was going to triple the amount of money that he used to get when he, boxing his other things. Same rounds, same opponents, just on this card. And as it moves up, the guy's got significantly more. So if you're the co-main event, you made a lot more money than you, than you usually make, you know? And of course, then if you even saw, we looked at the Pacquiao Mayweather fight that happened, what, three years too late, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of money to be made. And Pacquiao made more money than, he, than he'd been making uh, the couple fights before that because it was a Mayweather, a Mayweather card. So that's, that's a so, fight on that card. So Anderson Silva is fighting uh, Kelvin Gastelum at UFC 212 on June 3rd. Now you're saying Mayweather changes people's lives. I need to find another media member uh, who does have a mar- or, you know, martial arts background like myself, see if they're down for it. Uh, it's got to be uh, – I'm in because if Mayweather's going to change my life financially, I'm in. Uh, I just got to realize uh, I was 179 on the scale this morning. Uh, I guess that would put me – I got to fight at 155? Uh, yeah. Oh, what, was it 55, 57? The boxing's got different weights. So you, I think I'll take 157. I think it's like a 157 weight. Don't quote me on that. I'm not, I'm not great with boxing weights. I don't, but they've got, so, they come, so come to Hawaii and get my training camp done there for, and then compete sometime in June. Just boxing. Yeah, actually, actually we can go meet in LA. I, I actually, I have, I have a gym that we can go to strong sports gym in, in LA. It's a boxing gym. And I've actually got two trainers that would love to train you to fight on that card. So just, so my last bowl of pasta would be tonight. Um, your last bowl of pasta was last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Oh, man, fighting, I don't know if you touched on this earlier, but did you see that Hughes is thinking about making a comeback? Matt Hughes? Yeah. He, uh, he was on, I saw it on, um, I don't know, one of the 
one of the multitude of MMA whatever sh- websites. You know, there's and he so, uh, I got tagged in it in Twitter, so I didn't see it. A friend of mine, oh Carla Durant, this Durant's daughter. Oh yeah, Carla, yeah. He was like, "Hey, trick, are we going to see you come back?" And I was like, "Yeah, you'll see me ref it." I'm not. <laughs> well, it, it takes to takes to the point for, for for Vitor Belfort. He said he wants this League of Legends with you know smaller round or or shorter rounds, bigger time in between rounds, bigger gloves, no elbows, no knees. Yeah, I, why? <laughs> Pearson called it Bellator. Yeah, I mean, this is. No, this is uh, isn't this uh, uh what was that? I, I love Bellator, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, 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 Frank. I love Bellator. I'm just saying Pearson called it Bellator when he talked about aging fighters going to compete yeah. uh, in mixed martial arts. So I uh, no shot at Bellator, please. There, uh, there, uh, isn't that what the IFL did? There's no elbows, no knees. Wasn't that one of their rules or whatever? Just so like that's. I mean, look, tennis is a way older sport. They tried to they tried to legend this Masters League, whatever. It fell apart. We got to see Macaron and Connors play again, you know, 20 years past their primes. No one cared. It was like, oh, this is like, why am I watching these guys? Like, who wants to watch? You know, they have uh, golf has it, right? They have the, the Masters, so the, the, the whatever, the elderly, that, like uh, um, Arnold Palmer played in it almost until he died. Like, he was playing, doing rounds in it. And it's not really watched that well. It's really not a thing that really people really care about. Um, there's not that much money in it because it's just not a thing. Like, do you want to watch – you know, uh, I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not a big golf guy, so I'm mentioning a sport I don't really know much about. But do you want to watch the, the the top end guy right now? That's like the hottest guy right now in the world. You know, when he comes through, or do you want to watch some guys that were really good? You know, 30, 40 years ago. What do you want to do? A legends like boxing's been around for a hundred years. Do they have a legends tour? And guys get a certain age, you want to join us? Like, no, because you're taking damage. When it's time to be done, it's time to be done. Even with bigger gloves, no knees, no elbows, you're still getting punched in the face. You're still getting kicked in the head. Like, there's still things that are happening here that rally your brain. Like, why do we need to fight into our 50s? It makes no sense. Like, if it's done, just be done. You know, move on to and something else. That was Pearson's analogy last night. If you, Once you're done, hang them up. But the, the argument that I'm seeing is people will tune in. Because you look at what Bellator does, their biggest ratings isn't when, you know, when Venom Page fights uh, or when Chandler fights. It's these one-offs that they, they put together and they get these massive numbers. So it's weird because I don't want to see anyone take any more damage that they've already taken in mixed martial arts later on in their life. But, man, you put these guys together in a fight, people will tune in and watch. Yeah, they, you got admittedly, yes, that, that, that is true. Like you put it together. But remember, too, it's not all old guys. The whole card is not all old guys. It is – there is – other guys are younger, like like um, uh, uh, Kimbo Slice and Dada Five Thousand. That was a heated. They were heated from for years. Those two guys had problems with each other, and then they were on the same card as Gracie and Shamrock. So the undercard was two guys who were still kind of current. They weren't. I mean, obviously, you know, Kimbo doesn't have the big name that he did before, but he's still kind of current. He's still kind of competing. Wasn't really considered an older guy. These other two guys, the, the ancient ones, were the ones in the main event, right? And so, and that, and you saw how that card felt. You see how that whole fight went. With Shamrock, yeah, everybody tuned in, but no one was happy with it. No one was satisfied with it. There was like a, a weird grunt shot, and Ken turns his back and fights over. You know, it's like, well, what happened? We, I turned, I got, I brought all these people over here to watch at my house. I, I have, I'm throwing a party for that. Like, this is what I did it for. I mean, come on, it's not. I'm like, we're like, if you, if it was Mike Tyson days, he'd come in and knock somebody out in like five minutes. You're, you're a little upset, but you're like, oh, it's Tyson. It's kind of what it does. 
you were expecting like a fight fight to happen between Shamrock and Gracie. Nothing happened. That's just going to happen a lot of these legend fights. It's going to be like this weird guys jumping in with Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you're right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't like it. Done. I'll ref I don't it. like I'll it. it. I'll ref it. I'll ref it. I'm <laughs> getting paid, getting paid. Yeah. Uh, we, we have about, uh, about seven, eight minutes to go here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts very quickly in a whole whack of things. So I'll just throw a couple things out uh, and you give me your thoughts real quick. Kelvin Gaslam takes out Vitor Belfort uh, very quickly. Man, awesome. Awesome work by Kevin. Uh, it, and, and now you understand why Vitor wants to have the Legends League. He doesn't feel like he has it anymore to be able to fight the younger guys. He feels like he's a step behind. He can feel he's slowing down. Hey, let's have a Legends League where other guys like me that used to be on a bunch of steroids now that are clean because we have to be, can now all fight each other. It extends his fighting career. He's not ready to hang it up. Mentally, he's not ready to hang it up. Physically, he's got to. And he's just he's just done. He just doesn't have the game anymore. He just doesn't. And really, he's in a weight class. He's going to get hurt. Kevin Gaslin's performance, holy crap, you can't say enough about this kid. He, he, he all of a sudden realizes that being able to eat breakfast, then show up for the weigh-in, it made a huge difference. That he actually has performance. He actually has the ability to move. I just hope he doesn't get lazy. I hope he keeps up the pace, keeps up the pattern, because always in the back of his head, he's like, i got to keep my weight kind of down because I'm going to make 170 at some point. But now he's on his run at 85. I think he should keep the same mentality, like, hey, i keep my weight down to wherever it's at. I don't know what his numbers are, but wherever it's at, he needs to keep his weight down at that space and continue to eat the way he eats and continue to train the way he trains. But, man, he's great, and I can't wait to see this fight with, uh, with Silva. And yeah, everyone's complaining. Why is, he pull, why is he calling out old guys? I'm like – they're all ranked higher than he is at the weight class. Of course he's calling these guys out. It's it's a big money fight for him, and it's a big name, and they're ranked higher. Like, this all makes sense. Like, what's wrong with you people? How come you don't get what he's doing? Yeah. So, no, it's, yeah, it's you're, great, you're great job. Totally, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that fight. I, I, I want to see how he does, because if he takes out Vitor Belfort and Anderson Silva back-to-back, -back, his name value is going to go through the roof, which is fantastic for him. Him, Yeah. It makes him legit, like, legit. Now we got to talk about... When's he going to be a, when's he going to be a title, title contender? That's a huge deal. Big time. Murcio Hua, Shogun, takes out Volante in the third round, 59 seconds by TKO. I liked, I liked Shogun's performance, man. I really did. He changes style, man. He doesn't have that shoot-the-box crazy, just let's go. Like, and just, yeah, yeah, and just stand there and throw. He got, he got smarter. All of a sudden, he's like, no, not, no, no, you're not, no, 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 you're not, no, I'm not getting touched. No, no, I'm not. I'm too tired to throw right now, but you're not going to hit me. Before he get tired, he's like, "Okay, I'll take a couple. Let's see what happens." But this is okay. All right, all right, I'm good now. Let's, and then it starts throwing back. You can't do that at his age. He got smart, and that's the difference between a veteran and a guy that just really, really wants it really bad. Early in his career, he just wanted to win really bad. Now he's like, "No, man, I, I want to win really bad. But I'm gonna be smart about this." And look at him, man. Look at him. He's he's in how many, how many fights in a row was that for him? Three, three, three in a row. Three? Yep. How far is he away from a from a title shot? <laughs> Well, at this division, it's not – the depth isn't there. So, phew, don't be surprised, man. He can, you, you can still go to it. Right away. You, you, put this, you put this fight in Brazil and, and the next Brazil card, it's – obviously, Brazil always sells out. But it'll be sold out in record time, and it's going to be a title shot. And it's going to give a legends guy also a shot to be a champ again. You know, like, he's, he's legit. He's in, he's in the space, man. And, and, and great performance by an older guy that got smart and said, I got to change how I do things, otherwise – I'm not going to last in the sport. He's, he picked it. He did it right. Then you got Edson Barbosa, who, you know, when he loses fights, he loses fights. But damn it, when he wins a fight, it is something else. Taking out Benil Dariush with that flying knee was just something else, man. Oof. Well, uh, uh, props to Barbosa, but really it was a mistake by uh, Dariush. Jab, takedown. Jab, takedown. 
jab, knee to the head. Okay, so like you went to the well one twenty times. If you go back and look at the fight, he would jab and go for a shot, and he would jab and go for a shot, and then he went to go do it again. He jabbed and dropped his hands to go for a shot, and Barbosa jumped up, smashed him in the face. So that good props to him, man. That was awesome timing, awesome spacing, and but do you see how high he got up the ground, even though he hit him? <laughs> when you do a flying knee like that, it usually stops you from going any higher, especially when the guy is coming down for a shot. So it's like. Momentum of his head coming down, the momentum of your knee kind of meet in the middle, and it stops from going higher. He smacked him. His head snapped back, and he kept lifting. That's, that is some explosion in those legs. Like, that guy, I can't even imagine what his vertical is because he just – he was – I didn't even – I had to rewind it. I was watching it live. Like, I was watching – paying attention. I wasn't, like, talking to somebody. In, I was watching it live and had to rewind it because I couldn't believe that he hit him with his knee. He hit him in the face with his knee because he was so high in the air. I'm like, oh, he must have, like, hit him in the shoulder or something, like, and that – because the shoulder whipped him around, and that's what rattled his brain and knocked him out. I was like, "There's he must have hit him in the shoulder because he's so hot. So I rewound him. I'm like, oh, my, no, he did him dead in the melon. Then the cantaloupe, he hit him, and he still floated. That's incredible. Barboza is. Wow, he, he is somebody you got to be scared of when you fight, for sure. Absolutely. Um, California State Athletic Commission basically passed uh, a, 20, a fine. If you don't make weight, 20% is coming off your show money. If you win, 20% is coming off your bonus money. 40% of your pay uh, will now be deducted. Uh, so I give props, obviously, to the California State Athletic Commission for doing this. What I don't give them props for is I think, if I'm not mistaken, not all that money goes to the opponent. A portion of it goes to the California State Athletic Commission, and I don't know what it's for. I should investigate. I know your license under them. I'm trying to find out what it's actually for, but in my well, opinion, it should go to the fighter. Underneath, underneath the old rule, it was 20% of the show money, 10% of the commission, 10% to the actual to the fighter. The 10% goes for administration, administrative costs. The new hydration tests they do in California, um, all the getting all the commissions there, getting all you know, it's, it's like to keep the cost out for the promotions because the promotions have to pay the commission for the referee, the judges, the ta- the timekeeper, you know, the inspectors in the back, like all that stuff. They've got to, they've got to get, you know, the commission's got to bring all those people in. So the, the, the promotion has to pay for that. So that goes to help offset part of that cost. So it's not astronomical. So like, yeah, the UFC and Bellator can afford it for a pro event, but what, you know, what about uh, uh, California fight league and what about combat sports and all those, how can they afford it? Well, they have to keep the price down. The new rule, my understanding is the new rule, in the in the uh, and I got to reread the memo because now I'm just trying to go off the top of my head. It's 20% a show, 20% a win, and all of it goes to the fighter. If they change the rule now, everything goes right back to the fighter. So the, so the fighter that makes weight, you and I are fighting. I make weight, you don't make weight. I now get 20% of your show money. All it comes to me. If you beat me, I, I get 20% of your win money. It all comes to me. So all that money now comes to the fighter. So if they, I believe, I believe it's changed, but we'll double. I got to double check my notes to make sure because they put out a big press release yesterday. Um, and then we got a we got a separate memorandum uh, for referees and, and judges uh, that that uh, uh, Andy sent out to us right after the meeting was over too. That um, um, tells us about how we can actually uh, stop a fight, like how a fight can be stopped uh, between. Because in California, the doctor can stop the fight. The doctor can walk in and be like, "Look, we're, we're done. Like this guy's done." And not you know, just like we gotta we gotta handle this fight off. But there there's rules and regs of how we can stop a fight now that that are being, they've always been that way, but it's been made clear. I think because some, some of us were going to slip through the cracks. So that's what I'm telling you about California is, is leading the way. While the other oh, yeah, team, 100%. Oh, yeah. Because he's giving us notes on stuff that we already have. He's just like, look, this has been a problem that happened the last the last weekend. But this, is, this is an issue that happened the last two weeks. Here's a note to remind you of how things should be done. Boom, everybody gets it. It's like, okay, well, now that, that problem 
and stop because now I have no excuse. If I screw up the next time I ref and and I make and I make that exact same mistake, I will get sat down. They will they will they will remove me from the because uh, my level remove me from the rest of the card. If I have like two or three fights in the card, the rest I have left will somebody else will cover it. And then the next time that it, it'll come around for me to have a pro event, they go, hey, go go back down to amateurs, and I want you to do some do some more amateurs to get your timing and your pattern right. So there there are there are now cases of guys like being um, uh, reprimanded, but it's not public reprimand like everybody wants. It's reprimanded by um, uh, by committee, and it's done quietly. So no one gets embarrassed. No one gets a bad reputation. It's like, oh yeah, what, what you doing? Oh, I'm working camo tonight. I'm over here working for JT Steel. You know, makes it a whole different ballgame. So. Gotcha. Two or three massive fights announced for UFC 211, Frank. Frankie Edgar taking on Yair Rodriguez. Eddie Alvarez taking on Dustin Poirier. And Henry Cejudo taking on Sergio Pettis. I think all the pressure is on Frankie Edgar on this fight here. He can't let this young lion take him out. Mm-hmm. Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. I think these two need to talk a lot more to, to really hype up this fight. This, despite knowing it's a good fight, they got to sell it because there's some big fights on this card. And Sergio Pettis, if he gets past Henry Cejudo, He's wow. I mean, the, the thing with, with Cejudo is that he's got a lot of hype, but he hasn't had much much substance in his fights, you know. And it's been unfortunate because one of his biggest fights of his career was going in and fight Mighty Mouse, and he got out wrestled, he got out maneuvered, he got beat up, and then got stopped. And that's a difficult position for, for an Olympian, you know, and, and, and a medalist. That, that that's a, that's a hard spot to be in, especially when you're an aggressive sport like wrestling. He's come back at a couple of great wins, but if Pettis beats him. This is to put Pettis right in, in the in the space that step up and take over for his brother. You know, Sergio all of a sudden is in a space where he's just like the Pettis name is kind of winning a little bit just because that that Anthony's been around for so long. He's starting to wear down. You know, he's had a lot of tough fights. You know, he's had a lot of things go on. Through, you know, through his career. Plus, he's got a bad way. You know, the the cars got burned at his house and from that. You know, was uh, uh, arson uh, t- on his house and, and and cars and all that stuff. And then finding out it wasn't like a gang member thing. It wasn't like a gangster kind of thing. It was a there was a kid down the street who was mad at him for some reason that we never really got clarification on. So now Sergio is now taking over that the realm of that to step up because, you know, admittedly, Anthony's been in a lot of tough wars and he's starting to fall down. So now all of a sudden, he, you step in with Cejudo. Sergio all of a sudden is, can be amazing. Like this guy, this kid's got so much talent, so much power behind him, and he's getting better every single time because he's young and he's, and he's working with big horses every day. So this guy, that's a great fight. But really, I agree with you that Poirier um, uh, uh, Alvarez fight is the fight of those three that you really got to pay attention to. Those guys are both going to bring it. The problem is neither one of them are trash talkers. That's the problem, man. They're not part of the entertainment side. The guys just go out there and get it done, right? And, and, and you know, it, it's tough now. If you're not, it's really hard now to do it without being a trash talker. You know, uh, uh, we even saw GSP had to step up his trash talking game a little bit, even though it's kind of weak. <laughs> you know, because he understands what's going to happen. And, and it's, you know, he beats, if he beats Bisbang, he's going to have to trash talk his way and everything. It, or no one's going to care. No one's going to watch him. And that's how that's just how the game is. So those two guys, Poirier and Alvarez, have got to step their game up heavily and hard. Otherwise, they're going to get lost in this crowd. The Frankie Edgar fight, though, and Yara Rodriguez, this, this to me is extremely pivotal for that 145-pound division because lots can come from this. Either Frankie Edgar stalls uh, Yara Rodriguez's ascension up the rankings or Yara Rodriguez takes out a top contender and really opens up a lot of eyes in this division, and especially for his own brand. Yeah, it's um this that fight's a real tough one to call, you know. And the thing is, though, it's Frankie Edgar. I've seen him get completely starched, like just get dropped and get beat up, and come back and get a draw of a five round title fight with Gray Maynard, like just like in like in a, from an impossible position, 
we got to come back from. He comes back and gets and earns himself a draw. Like that's crazy, you know. A guy, a guy that 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 loses. Well, I guess they scored a ten nine, but it should have been a ten a ten eight round. He loses that kind of round and comes back and battles back and gets a draw. I mean, so it's crazy to see a guy like Frank Yeager fight. And what are you going to say by here? That guy's on fire. He's just on fire right now. And so it's that fight's going to be a tough one to break down and call because the older statesman and Frankie and the young, the young up and comer and both guys have got a lot to give to the sports though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's that yeah. that. Don't get me wrong. Where's that? Where's that? Dallas. It's in Dallas. In Dallas. Oh. Where's, it, where's the venue? Uh, I, you know what? I don't know. It's not Cowboy Stadium, that's for sure. No, 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 no. Um, is it American Airlines Arena? Oh, it could be. Where the Mavericks play and the Dallas Stars play. Yeah, yeah that's, I uh, think. Uh, I won't lie to you. I love Dallas. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban owns that building. owns the owns the whole plaza around it. It's actually yeah. a really good location there. Yeah, it's that's smart. If it's there, it's smart. Good size. Uh, what, good venue. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I've been there. Um, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last time I was there might have been uh, Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, but that, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's what they fought there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, solid fight. A lot of stress around that one because Johnny Hendricks uh, almost didn't make weight, but he made yeah. it, and then uh, that battle ensued. This Saturday, though, uh, oh my God, super early for you because it's uh, it's afternoon for us here. Uh, Jimmy Mano was headlining against Corey Anderson. We'll talk really really quick about three fights here. Headlined as uh, so the UFC London card is, is headlined by a light heavyweight bout uh, between Jimmy Mano because when he wants a fight, he hurts people. And Corey Anderson was on a bit of an ascension here as well. Uh, your thoughts, real quick, on that fight? I like Mano. He's just just. Bigger, faster, stronger. He's ready to ready to make this thing. Anderson's got it. He does. He's got a lot of. He's up and coming. He's really got a lot of game, but just doesn't have enough for him. I don't think. You know, it, it's going to be an exciting fight no matter what because both guys like to, like to brawl a little bit. So it's going to be nice to watch. But um, I really think that uh, uh, Mero wins this fight. I, I don't want to say easy because no fight is easy, but he, he should have a relatively simpler time than with a lot of the other opponents he's had as of late. Gunnar Nelson taking on Alan Joban in the, in the uh, welterweight co-main event. Man, I love Joe Bain, man. I, I love his style. I love what he does. You know, he, 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 but I feel like that because he is a model. Um, his other, other full time job is being a model and he gets a lot of work and he always has to like kind of keep his weight down to, to have that look from when they call him up. So he's always got to be within like, you know, 10 pounds of making weight because then he dehydrates. Like they give him a phone call. Hey, you're working in two days. He starts dehydrating. So when he comes on set for camera, he actually has that shredded, shredded look again. So it looks good on camera. So he's always got to keep his weight down. I feel like that's now starting to mess with him. As he's getting older, it's starting to slow him down a little bit. It's starting to, to, to really matter with his joints and his body and how things, how things go on. Um, but I love him in this fight. I think it's a great fight. Uh, but it's, 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 I just got to see how he's starting to fall apart. Like, I don't know if he's really starting to get the little, the little bang-ups from keeping his weight down for so long. Um, he's a big, he's a big underdog in this fight, man. He's a plus uh, 300 in this one, minus 360 for Gunnar Nelson. So. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense. Because Gunnar Gunner's obviously the, the younger kid. has got a lot more speed. And and his his technical his technical promise on the ground is kind of crazy, so it's like you're watching this guy that can smash you, but then I was going to take he can, he's the new he's that new era that you and I talked about a couple of years ago where they really didn't do much else but MMA, and so his overall game is a lot more solid. This is all he's ever done, so there's a lot more solid everything that he does. Uh, um, you know, the, the line is a little a little exaggerated. Like I think it's a, they're not giving they're giving a, um, if I'm going to put money down. Just because of the way the line is, I'm gonna put money down on, on Joe Bain because I gotta take a stab at it because it's only makes get some value out of it. But the line is pretty correct. I mean, it's a little inflated, but it's pretty correct. 
I agree. I agree. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning in right now or hearing later on, uh, my Fun Bets article will go up tomorrow, uh, and I'll be talking about uh, this fight specifically here. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I, I do agree with Frank, but I'll tell you why. I may not agree with Frank tomorrow in the article, so make sure you check out FightfulMMA.com for more on that. Final fight we want to talk about, Frank. Uh, we, the last time we see Brad one-punch Pickett uh, in the octagon, uh, he's making his uh, bantamweight goodbye fight uh, against Marlon Vera. Uh, I, I like this fight. Uh, I don't know if Brad's going to win this fight, though. It's, the lines are pretty close on this. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know what? Um, um, one-punch can take a beating. We, all, we know that because of his nose. We can see that. He doesn't mind getting his nose rearranged and putting it aside of his face. Uh, um, and it's a good way to go out. This is like the third time he tried to, he's tried to have his last fight. Like he keeps trying to have his last fight. And what, I think one got canceled and then one fell apart before it got, you know, got uh, signed to a, to a particular event. And now we finally got this one. It's a good fight for him. It's a good, it's a good going out fight. He can show his technique, show his skills, show what he has and be able to be able to leave his gloves in the middle of the cage. Uh, unfortunately though, I think he's going to go out in a loss. I just think he's going to have to on a loss. If this is indeed his last fight, you know, so he's got to get his head wrapped around that after the fight's over, after he's had a couple of pints with his, with his mates. He's got he's to understand, like, hey, I just lost my last fight, and this is the way I'm going out, and, and get and be accepting of that of that game, that that's how it's going to go. But it is winnable. Let's, let's, not, let's not say, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going he's to lose this. He can win this fight. I just feel like he's going to lose it. That's just the way I, I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah, um, I'm going to lean towards Brad Pickett, but – you know, I'll, I'll look at the numbers tomorrow uh, to determine uh, what I would recommend in this fight. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Brad does emerge victorious, especially knowing it's his last fight, especially with the crowd behind him and stuff like that. But it, everything changes when you get punched in the face. Uh, before we let you go, Frank, uh, I haven't seen you in a week because I was gone on vacation now that I'm back. Uh, what was your week like last week and, and what's going on the, for, over the next seven days? Man, I was in uh, let's say I was in L.A. for a couple of days. I had to work on a movie called Glass Jaw. It's a um, uh, a new movie coming out, mid mid budget, kind of you know not not very many well known um, actors on it. Uh, I had a really big fight scene that I had to choreograph. I had two two big fights that I had to I had to put together. Um, it was a long long couple of days of, of being in the in the hot sun. It was in California at the time. It was eighty five degrees outside. It was like ninety two degrees inside the warehouse that we were shooting at. It was a big industrial warehouse, so. There's no air coming through. There's no heat. There's no air conditioning. There's like you're just stuck. And it was hot as crap. So I was dirty and grimy when I got out of that. But it was great because I got to work for a great stunt, stunt guy that I haven't worked with before. And then uh, uh, Inhumans is this new Marvel show oh, yeah. they're doing. I guess like uh, all these guys, like they're all essentially called Inhumans. So they're doing this, this new series. And they're shooting it here. I'm surprised. I got a phone call. I'm going to double an actor um, this whole uh, – like I start like the 20th third i think the 22nd i'm on there for like a couple weeks i'm working it so it's not it's not too bad you know it's not, not bad little, not a bad little gig and that's here in hawaii so i have to travel so it's nice and i got ncsla i think next week back in la so i'm going i'm on that back and forth trip but man oh my I, you didn't see it so my death scene on on lethal weapon came out oh no so way it was like uh it's like probably like the friday that you were taking off for mexico i think it popped out but yeah there's a big death scene like and i just i mean i get tortured like they tore my the nails off. They give me a Columbia necktie, um, and then they hang you up. <laughs> yeah, that was a great day at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, well, uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. I know it's super early there. We'll have to figure out something else 
yeah, uh, for next Thursday. I, I don't want to wake you up uh, that early. If we have to move the show, ladies and gentlemen, by one hour uh, for Frank, uh, I will gladly do it uh, a little bit later for yours truly, but that means I can get more stuff done in the morning. Uh, maybe cut weight for this proposed fight that I have in the Mayweather-McGregor card. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Make sure you follow Frank online via social media, at Frank Trigg. He posts fantastic pictures on Instagram. Uh, good thoughts, obviously, uh, on, on his timeline when it comes to Twitter. Uh, you want to follow yours truly at Showdown Joe on all the social media. Uh, Fightful MMA at Fightful MMA for all your mixed martial arts news. And make sure you hit FightfulMMA.com. Uh, it is a different website uh, than any other website out there, especially when you amalgamate all the other stuff that the site does uh, with the wrestling, which gets massive numbers. I can't believe it. Uh, so I should say I can't believe it. It's just it gets big numbers when it comes to wrestling as well as the boxing. So we've got your combat sports covered here uh, at Fightful. Uh, but other than that, for those that tuned in live, we thank you very, very much. Those tuning in afterwards on iTunes and Stitcher, we thank you as well. Spread the word. Uh, we're a different type of site, different type of podcast we have in-depth discussions with some fantastic people uh, all across the MMA bubble, uh, and it'll never stop. So thank you very much. But for now, we say goodbye. Tomorrow, uh, it'll be managing editor for Fightful.com, Sean Rossap, joining yours truly. Uh, and we all know how he decides to lose his marbles within three seconds of me introducing him. So, uh, yeah, we're all going to enjoy that. But for now, ciao for now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.